The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So, a um, little over a week ago, I was thinking to myself, how am I going to get to Budapest? How am I going to get to the kever of the great Rabshaya ben Ramosha, Rabshaya ben Devora, like my Rebbe says? And I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll go through Vienna because it's a direct flight. And then from there, like we did, you know, we'll take a car, we'll drive up to Hungary. It's a little over five and a half, six hours. And we'll come to the Zion, hopefully on time for the art site. But the truth of the matter is, the time I got a hold of the travel agent and most of the seats on that flight to Vienna was taken. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? The direct flight was taken. Okay, maybe we'll go through Amsterdam. Maybe we'll go through, uh, you know, I was actually looking at the Lufthansa flight. Maybe we'll go through Germany. I kept telling myself, I, I don't want that stopover. I want to go direct. Last time we went through Amsterdam, it was not pleasant. Really wasn't pleasant. So, please, I want to go back and say thank you for the greatness can you please be Mazmin, a direct flight the next day I call one of the guys in the morning call L and I said guys are we going to Rapshayla this year we have so much to go back and have Hakarata Tov say thank you Rabbi we're looking we're trying to make it work what ended up happening they call me back with an 845 area code number. And I'm thinking, 845, isn't that Muncie? They said, yeah, yeah, we found a direct flight. These guys are chartering a flight directly to Budapest. I said, wow, that's great. I, these days you can't get direct flights to Budapest. So I called up the number and I spoke to the guys there, the Hevra, and I found out that there's a few seats left. We grabbed the seats. And what was amazing to me, the minute we had the moment of the door opening on the opportunity, crazy things started happening. All the guys that were like, definitely going, one guy, something happened in the business, he couldn't go. Another guy, something in the work, he couldn't go. This guy just came back from Israel, Pesach, he was exhausted, couldn't go. All the guys that were without a question going, one by one, something came up, and they're no longer going. And from a group of what was almost 15, 16 guys, it came down to just me and another guy, a Talmud, Ezra Salman, we're going together. It's wild. I mean, we're talking about a group of 16, 17 guys. A week earlier, they were already signed, guaranteed on the bottom line. We're going. Every single guy, something came up. Me and one guy. We call back the travel agent in, in Muncie, chartering this flight. We had no idea what we were signing up for. <laughs> but, Hashem, we got the seats. And we're good to go. We're going to land the morning of the yard site. My Rebbe told me that the morning of a yard site is very special. He says, at night, night is begeder Dean. Although the tefillot by a, a tzaddik is very special at night, 
But he said, morning is chesed. He said, if you come in the morning, and you come especially before Hatzot day, he says, that time, the neshama of the tzaddik is at the highest. I don't know what that means, but it's the moment of chesed, the tzaddik is there. Unbelievable. Matzmiach yishot, borei refot, oseh hadashot, borei olam. We came like bala milchamot, but we're ready for zorea tzedakot, umatzmiach yishot. That's what we're praying for. It's unbelievable. And we had it all set. <laughs> so me and Ezra, we go out to Newark Airport. We decided to park the car out in one of these Hilton lots. And then they shuttle you over to the terminal. So we're waiting for the shuttle. We were told that by 2.45, they're closing. They're not doing check-in anymore. So we're waiting for the shuttle. And you know how it is? The clock starts running. We jump into the shuttle. Finally, the guy's ready to leave. He pulls out of Hilton parking lot. He's driving towards Newark Airport. As he's coming up to the entrance of the exit of Newark Airport, all of a sudden, we see this black cloud of smoke. This fire comes up right by the entrance to Newark. And it looked like, God forbid, I don't want to tell you what it looked like. It looked like a mushroom. Scary looking. Such a fire broke out that everybody stopped. Nobody's moving. Nobody's entering the airport. I saw the cars in front of us that were already in the exit with no way to turn back. Everyone was standstill. Everyone got out of their cars to see what the fire was up front. And they're walking back and forth. And we saw all the Hasidim pacing back and forth, looking, pointing, screaming. We got to get to the airport. We got to make the flight. The driver of this charter from Hilton, he turns around to us and says, Sorry, guys. It looks like the airport's closed. I turned to the guy and I said, What? No, my friend. The airport is not closed. We're getting on that flight to Ribshayla. There's nothing to talk about. I said, come on, you got to find another way. So he screeches off right at the entrance to the exit going into Newark, pulls back on the turnpike, 95. And he finds a way when Hashemayim Boreolam was being madrachas. I'm telling you, at that point, I was davening. <laughs> I said, Boreolam, listen, you know how much I want to go back and give Hakaratatov. We saw such nesim in last year. Please. Please give us another Mahalach. This has nothing to do with the fire. This has nothing to do with the airport. And it definitely does not have to do with the brightest bulb in the lampshade, our driver from the charter of the Hilton. Please give us a Mahalach. The guy rips off back onto the turnpike. He starts looking for another way, a back entrance, back and around into Newark Airport. And then Hashemayim, he finds further down another exit that comes back on a jug handle and brings you back in the back entrance of Newark. And then he backpedals all the terminals, starting over from one to two. And finally, we made it. We made it to our terminal. We jump out and we're looking back at the fire. And it starts, I'm still thinking to myself, you know, our group, started with 16. We're now down to two. So many guys that are still waiting to get into the airport. 
standing outside their cars, not knowing if they're going to make it through due to the fire or not. It, I realized something. You think you chose to come to this unbelievable place? Like my Rebbe told me, you got to be on the guest list. You need to be invited. Those who are invited, come. And those don't, don't. And that to me was an amazing thing. To actually believe that the tzaddik opens a certain door for certain people to come. To give them an opportunity to daven by him. That in his zechut, we could be zocheh, to greater yeshuot, al yideh, greater bitachon. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about this amazing concept of people going to tzaddikim for berachot, people going to kivret tzaddikim to be mishtateach on the kever of a great tzaddik. I want to talk about this idea, this concept. How does that work with the bitachon of en od milvado? How does that work? So I'll tell you the truth. So we get into the airport, and Mar Hashem, right away, we were sent off through security. And as I'm entering the line to get onto security, there was a guy there online. Later on, I find out he's from Muncie. This was a person that from the minute I looked at his face, my heart dropped. I had a love for this guy. He had a face, a chen, with a smile. And he looks, he turns around on the line. He was like further up on the line of security. He turns around, he looks at me and he had this smile and he waves and he says, you don't know me, but I know you. And my wife listens to your shiurim and I listen to your clips and we're going to do great things together. That was the Shalom Aleichem to the flight. <laughs> we didn't even get on the plane yet. We didn't even get on the plane. We're just standing by security. Already, we bumped into the fire outside. We watched. Certain cars make it. Certain cars don't. We finally get inside. I'm standing there by security, waiting to go through to take my shoes off. And at that minute, before, Shalna Alecha Me'al Raglecha, you know, TSA, Shalna Alecha Me'al Raglecha, you know, not exactly Admat Kodesh, but Shalna Alecha Me'al Raglecha, right before I took off my shoes, about to go through security, he turns around, he gives me such a warm Shalom Aleichem. I know you, but you don't know me, but we're going to do great things together. Wow. Aleichem Shalom. This is, this is it's like walking into a new realm. It's like walking into a new world, into a new place. A place where Bore Olam is laughing. A place where Bore Olam says, come, let's go. Let's grow together. Let's fly together. Come to a Makom Kadosh. Stay with me. Stay with the Tzaddik for a day or two. And let's, let's just bond. Let's bond. Let's cry on each other's shoulders with Tehillim. Let's talk to each other on the Yushuot that we need. Let's be Hashlech. Come, I'm going to introduce you to a few of my magnificent children, a few great Jews that you didn't even know existed. Jews that lived in different parts of the play, different parts of New York or different parts of the world. But come, come together. Come, let's see what Kalal Yisrael can do together. To me, this was a very moving thing. 
And sure enough, we get through the security. I start talking to this wonderful Yid, this unbelievable Jew. He has a heart for Klal Yisrael, like very few that I've met. And we walk together, we're sitting over there waiting. We're waiting by the, uh, the gate, ready to get onto the flight to Rabshayla. Waiting to get onto the gate. And I look around, and there's about six, seven hundred Hasidim. I'm like, wow, this, is, this flight's going to be Kadosh Vitahor. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It was a special chartered flight directly to Budapest. And we're schmoozing with the guys, and people are coming over, Shama Aleichem, and we're talking, we're talking Devre Torah, and we're talking programs and chesed. I mean, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was like I found a new family in the matter of five minutes. Everyone bonded together. It was very warm. It, it was Klal Yisrael. It was very special to me. And we're waiting. We're waiting for them to open the gates. It turns out that there was a delay. We were delayed a little over an hour and somewhat. We finally get onto the plane. We find out that there were two things that went wrong. That, believe it or not, it would, you would laugh. Number one, one of the most serious things that can happen on a Jewish flight. We were waiting for the food. <laughs> You're not going nowhere without the food. Habibi, no way. Klal Yisrael, without the ochel. So we had to wait for the food, or Hashem. But then the other thing was that there, were, there, was a, there was a bunch of passengers that all had the same name. You know, like I wanted to name the class. Yoeli Friedman, where are you? There, was, <laughs> there were five guys on the flight with the same name. And it was a, it was a delay, which because the, the airline was trying to figure out how could it be that all these guys are the same name? And they were trying to figure out, did they check in what seats? This was an experience. Finally, we take off. It was something special. I walked around the plane and I looked that from the beginning till the very back of the plane, it was Klal Yisrael. Kiddoshim Hasidim. Everyone going together. It was, to me, it looked like a camp trip. <laughs> it looked like an overnight. I was expecting someone, you know, to put on... It, 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 you know, you looked at first class, business class, premium class, going all the way back to the plane. You remember the last time you were on a flight? What did Shachrit look like? It was a guy running up and down the aisle saying, hey, can we get a minion? Hey, hey, do you want a daven? We're all going to be meeting up in the galley. <laughs> Not out on this flight. On this flight, the entire plane, the entire plane prayed Shahrit together. Could you just imagine? Just picture that scene for a moment. The whole plane. It's like you, you get up and you look to your left. The minyan goes all the way to the front of the cockpit. And then you look to your right and the minyan goes to all the way to the back of the plane. As far as your eyes can see, the entire plane is praying together Shahrit. This to me was, wow. This is the way you go to a tzaddik. This is the way you go to, to such a makom. But the hit root that you get on the flight already put you in that mindset. We're going to somewhere special with very special people. And we're going to be po'el yeshuot. I had that feeling that with such a kahal kadosh, with such a magnificent, I mean, come on, 
You want to get a laugh? So obviously the stewards were only men, right? Of course, so what's the Shiloh? The stewards were walking up and down the aisles. And when it came time to serve the food, so, you know, I looked up because they were serving drinks first. They asked, do you want Mayim Chaim Seltzer? <laughs> it's great. He had Mayim Chaim Seltzer, Mayim Chaim Cola, Mayim Chaim. I'm saying this is, I felt like Mashiach came already. You know, this is, <laughs> this is the way it's going to look when Mashiach comes. You know, you're going to have the, you're going to have the stewards walking up and down the aisles. Uh, can, I, can I give you Mayim Chaim Seltzer? How about a, how about a, SBD pastrami sandwich on club, you know, it, 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 was, it was a different experience. And then when it came time to snacks, right, there were no blue chips. They had the, the guy, the stewards coming by, giving out Bisley. <laughs> that was the snacks. They were giving out Bisley, Papinash, you know, it was like real, it was, it was a kosher flight. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Ashrechem. To plan right and the people that pulled off this for Klal Israel. You guys did an amazing job. And I, I can't imagine that Mashiach is not already going to be here very soon. But if Chas Rishon a million times, there's another opportunity to go out together with you guys. I would go with them again out to Reb Shaila or wherever else they would plan such a trip. Because the Ruach was there. The vibe was there. You could tell that it was done big dusha. I enjoyed it. I happen to love the Hasidim. They're such a warm and great people, really. And they know how to organize stuff. They know. I saw this past year from the Shabbaton, I went on HCS. Wow, these guys are brilliant. They know how to pull off a party. They know how to throw a Shabbaton. They know how to throw a dinner, right? I mean, I, I, I went to... Uh, to, uh, what's his name, uh, the organization, and uh, maybe I shouldn't say the name, where I spoke by them, Moshe uh, Shabbat, on a, on a, wow, you have to see what they did there. The Hasidim are number one, I, they're unbelievable. And the way they pulled off this flight to Budapest, to me was amazing. So during the flight, I'm schmoozing with this guy and that guy, and we're going back and forth. You know, did you ever see in Shul that there are those guys you ever go to Landau's or you go to Shemir Shabbos and Borough Park, there are all those guys that they can't sit. They're just pacing back and forth, back and Could you imagine a plane of the <laughs> pacing up and down the aisle, back and forth? And I was saying, guys, I just want to sleep for 10 <laughs> I want to sleep for 10 minutes. But it was beautiful. The schmoozing, the singing, the warm, the varmkeit of everybody together. Ki'ish echad, u'belev echad, and we're going to the tzaddik. It was very moving to me. I enjoyed it very much. And Ezra Salman, you can imagine, he's a Talmud. He comes from a different background. And to him, this was all new. He's looking around like, wow, this is wild. How did I end up here? <laughs> wow, Rabbi, you really pulled me into what here? And I said, you're going to see. You're going to thank me at the end of this trip. You're going to tell me it was one of the best trips. And when we get off the plane on the way back, you're going to feel a very camaraderie type of a achdut together with everybody. You're going to come off feeling like a family style type of a feeling where you feel close to the people. You're going to be saying goodbye to the people. And these are guys we never met. Most of them were from Muncie. We're all Flatbush guys. You know, we're all from the community. And sure enough, that is what happened. So the flight finally lands. 
We had the buses waiting for us. We jumped onto the bus two hours to the, to the kever. And I'm thinking to myself, my Rebbe told me, get there before Chatzot Yom. Get there before, there's a big inyan. Get there in the morning portion of the yard site. I said, okay, all right, I'm trying. Already there was an hour and a half delay coming and we were supposed to land at 6.30. We landed at 8. We got to get there by Chatzot. Two hours to the kever. And I'm telling you every step of the way, even the bus driver that started driving towards the kever, his navigation had the wrong address. See, he was taking us to a totally wrong place in Hungary. Totally wrong place. Now, Shamayim, the guy sitting next to me, was a very sharp guy. And he's a guy that travels to Kivret Sadikim all over Europe. He was telling me the trips that he recently just went on. It would blow your mind where this guy went to. I don't want to say his name because I didn't ask permission. But the guy was great. And he realized the bus is not going in the direction of Kerestir. So he turns to the guys and said, hey guys, something's wrong. He's not going. Sure enough, he wasn't. One of the guys on the bus, a very sharp kid from Muncie, comes running down the aisle. He sits down next to the driver. He pulls out, look how sharp this kid is. Claudius was amazing. These guys are great. He pulls out his phone. He had a Google, Google Translate. Now the driver doesn't speak English. We don't speak Hungarian. How in the world are we going to convey to him, buddy, you're going to the wrong town in Hungary. We got to get to Kerestir. And it's getting late. I got to get there before Hatzot. Hatzot that day was, I think, 1240 or 1241. And it was, time was clicking. Time was ticking. This guy starts talking into his phone saying, driver, I think you're going the wrong way. Driver, we need to get to Kerestir. He turns to the driver and he puts it in front of him. And as he's talking, it writes it. As he's talking in English, it writes it out in Hungarian. And now he shows it to the driver. The driver's reading it in Hungarian. And he starts yelling back. Rah, 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 rah. We don't know what the guy's talking about. So he hits the Google Translate, puts it to the guy. Rah, 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 rah. Well, whatever he says in Hungarian, it comes back in English. And <laughs> this is the way... We were actually conversing with the driver till finally the driver hops. He calls up his company, tells them that we're supposed to be going to Kerestir and he's taking us to a, a totally different city. He turns back and he says, okay, he's sorry. He says it, no. He puts into his ways that we're going to Kerestir instead. And instead of what originally was by him, a three and a half hour, four hour drive to somewhere we weren't supposed to be going. Now it became a two hour drive to the Tzion. Actually, we were going to the hotel right next to the Tzion of the great Reb Shaya ben Ramosha. Now on the bus ride, I don't have to tell you guys what happened because you got the clip. I guess so did the rest of the world. It was 15 minutes left. The Hevra wanted to hear a little something about what happened the year before. We said the unbelievable miracles that took place last year by the Tzion. And we were coming back this year to say thank you. But what's amazing to me is that when we got to the hotel, 
quickly, we grabbed our room, me and Ezra, we dumped our stuff down on the bed, and we said, we got to get to the Tzion by 12.40. It was already after 12 o'clock. So we dumped everything down, no shower, no change of clothes. Time is ticking. We run out of the hotel, and we're looking around, and we see that there's a black shuttle van. And they told us that there are shuttles that go back and forth from the hotel to the kever every few minutes. So we're looking for it. So we see a black shuttle, black van, like one of those big transit vans. We run up to it. We knock on the window. We see a bunch of guys inside. We said, hey, can you shuttle us up to the kever? They said, this isn't a shuttle. This is a private van. I said, okay, but it's, it's getting close to Hatzot. Please, can you... And then one guy looks from the back, he says, Hey, Rabbi, come over here, come in here. I remember I heard your class from last year. They popped open the door. I'm talking about I jumped into the van with Ezra. They took us into the town of Kerastir, and they stopped by Reb Shaila's mikveh. They wanted to go to the mikveh first. Now that's great, but I got to get there before Hatzot. My Rebbe told me, get there before Hatzot. All we got is another few minutes left. We jump out of the van. And just then, a black Audi <laughs> drives up right behind the van. And he has a VIP paper on his front dashboard. And I didn't appreciate, appreciate at the time what that VIP paper was all about. So I turned to Ezra and I said, who knows, maybe this guy's going out of kever. So we run up to the window, we knock on the window. And there was another guy talking to him as well. He said, listen, could you take us up to the kever, please? I got to get up there in the next 15 minutes. I got to start davening before Hatzot. He looks at me and he says, Rabbi, come in. I'm going to take you up. And he starts telling me as we're driving up, you know, my wife loves listening to your classes. I said, this is crazy. Man, Shamayim, Bore Olam is unbelievable. We drove up. As we got to the end of the road, there were a bunch of cops not letting anyone pass. He picked up his VIP paper. They let him through. You go to the next stop. As he goes up the mountain, there was a cop there with a gate. He picks up his VIP. I'm telling you, it was the tzaddik opening the doors to every Jew that wants to come. And this has nothing to do with me. And this has nothing to do with Ezra. This has to do with anyone that wants something and really yearns with a purity to want to be Zoche. And it, 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 it hurts him and it bothers him that it wants it to the extent that he longs for it. If you really want to go there, says Bore Olam, I'm going to open up the doors for you. I'm going to get you there even before Hatzot. With the delay of the plane. With all the craziness of the driver of the bus almost going to a different town. With all the little Yetzirah that's trying to stir you. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there on time. And I'm going to show you that I run the, the show, says Boreola. I'm in charge. I'm the one that makes things happen. I'm just waiting for you to turn to me every step 
of the way of the Nisi'ah. And that's exactly what took place. When we pulled up to Newark Airport and the fire broke out by the entrance to the airport, we turned to Bore Olam. He found us another route in. When we came into the airport and they were closing the check-in and we got our tickets and jumped in on the security line and this beautiful Yid turns to me from Muncie and says, I know you, but you don't know me and we're gonna do great things together. That was Bore Olam giving a wink. Come, I'm going to introduce you to great Yidin, to new people. When he put us on the, when he put us by the gate and we were schmoozing with the guys to be machazik each other, we got into the right mindset. We got onto the plane with the delay. Bore Olam, you're going to get us there on time. Delay or no delay, you're going to get us by the Tzion at the moment that you decide that we're going to arrive. Departure is when Hashem says so. Arrival is when Hashem says so. Not just the country of your destination, but even the kever of your destination. But I gotta get there before Hatzot! It's already 12.30! 10 minutes! This guy was ripping up there in the Audi and his VIP card. Every time we hit another checkpoint, they opened it up. He brought us straight to the kever. I thanked him. And I'm thanking him again, Barabim. He knows who he is. We jumped out of the car. We ran down to the kever. And before I tell you about these amazing guys of Shmira, you know, last year they did an amazing job and they had to be perfect because last year they were working up against COVID and the Hungarian police who were looking to give $1,500 knas last year. So they had to be perfect in their operation. And they were. Shmira is unbelievable. But this year, my personal opinion, it took greater siyata deshmaya for Shmira to do what they did this year, even maybe more than last year. Because last year you didn't have not even the miser of the amount of people that ended up coming this year. This year they told me between Sunday all the way down to the actual day of the yard site, they experienced over 50,000 people. Do you know what it is to be able to keep a certain said there for 50,000 people, not to trample each other, not after we saw what happened in Meron, not to trample each other, not to push each other, but to, to be a said there. They came up with this great, brilliant system. They should do this by every yard site. Could you imagine if they did this by the Rajbi? They built out and around the kever gates that allowed the crowd to stand an arm and a half length away from the kever of the great Reb Shaila, still creating a path for someone to walk down and come right up to the kever. They gave him 30 seconds to say what he needs to say, and then they moved him out and around to come back around the gates to stand and say all their personal prayers, all their tehillim, with all the bakashot. But they gave you your 30 seconds of a one-on-one -on -one with Reb Shaila himself at the yard site. And I remember this from last year, and I was hoping and praying they pulled it off this year. And my personal opinion, they did it better. So we came walking right down that easy pass lane. It was like the HOV lane of the yard site. We came straight down the lane, down, down the steps. I made eye contact with the guy from Shmira there. 
He gave us the green light. We walked right up to the stone. At what time? 12.39. A minute to Hatzot. <laughs> One minute to Hatzot. And I'm telling you, I saw my Rebbe's face in my mind smiling. You made it. You made it before Hatzot. As he told me, he says, just start before Hatzot. It's like a Suudatshali like Sheet idea. It's like a Shalashudis concept. Just start before Shkia. And you can go as long as you want. Just start before Hatzot and you can go as long as you want. We got there a minute before Hatzot. Telling him in They gave us the shuttle, which wasn't a shuttle. They gave us the VIP car, which was not something that was normal. And here we are, standing, hugging. I'm telling you, I put my arms around that unbelievable matseva and I started crying and I said thank you Bore Olam for allowing me to come back to this great tzaddik again to thank Hakarata Tov for being this unbelievable Melitz Yosher in Shamayim to be able to be Zochet to the Yeshuot that we saw last year and now we're asking for the new Yeshuot Bore Olam in the zechut of the great tzaddik, Reb Shaila, who gave his life for Klal Yisrael. He did such chesed for people. Except now another chesed. And Hashem give us this unbelievable yeshuot in the zechut of this tzaddik. And mamash, I started crying. They let me sit there for about a minute and a half. I said all the things I wanted to say, all the names, all the thank yous. And then I took a few steps back. And then I found a corner where I was able to open up a Tehillim and I started pouring out my heart. And for the next four hours, four hours, usually I can finish the Tehillim in two and three quarter, but it took me four hours. Four hours because this wasn't a rush job. You know, you came that far. You, you, you fought for this. You want to Oisnuts, I don't know how to say that right properly. You want to squeeze out every last drop of the orange. You want to use every moment of that opportunity to really be said, Borei Olam, please, and the zechut of the great Sadiq, answer the tefillot, bring the yeshot Abba, enod milvado, you're in control, and the zechut of this great Sadiq, please, be ma'aleh, the tefillot lefnei kisei hakavod, and let's be zochet to more yishot this year. Like my Rebbe always says, he says, you have to say thank you on the yishot that you experienced in the past. Hodu l'ashem kitov ki le'olam hazdo ve'imru hoshienu. And he always added ve'imru hoshienu. And it should go weiter. And we should be zochet to future yishot. We should be zochet to future zchuyot and yeshuot that Klal Yisrael needs so desperately. We finished the tefillot after finishing the entire book of Tehillim. And I was watching the guys from Shmira. To me, these guys were a kiddush Hashem. And I'll tell you why. Because when you build a system, litovat the tzibur, and not everybody in the tzibur is on the same page as you, where they built this great system, an amazing system they built around the gates. 
And now, everyone who wants to daven by the kever, they're only an arm and a half length away. But they still have a lane for anyone who wants to come around and lean on the, literal, on the, they're leaning on the words, Reb Shaila Ben Rem, on the actual name of the kever. They're talking to the great Sadiq. They're asking Borei Olam for Yushuot and his merit. But not everybody might cooperate at all times. And there are going to be guys that are going to say, no, I don't want to move. I want to stay right here in the middle of the lane and block everybody else. It happens. When you're dealing with a seaboard, there's always people that aren't on the same page as you. And I saw them dealing with all the rebels <laughs> with white gloves. I said, please. We want to open the lane for other people to come down so they too can come to the kever just like you did and ask on a personal moment, a personal level, please. And, and a lot of times I thought that, you know, it came to a point where certain guys, you'd say, come on, buddy, it's not fair. No, they never lost their cool. They stayed with the program. They were very gentle with everybody. They told everyone when they finally listened, you should be to me, it was an amazing discipline of Yirat Shamayim and the way they handled Yidin. It's not always easy, but the way they did it was right. And I, I tip my hat to them, really. They did an amazing job. At the end of the day, we walked out of there, we felt full of Yishuot. Like my Rebbe told me before we left to Keristir, he said, Prepare your suitcases. I said, Rebbe, I'm, uh, I'm only going for about 24 hours. I, I can even come back on the same COVID test that I went with. That's how quick I'm going. I don't even need, I, 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 can, I can actually come back with the same COVID test that I went with. You know, so I, I, I'm not going for much. I have no suitcases. He says, Nain, he tells me, I'm not talking about your traveling suitcases. I'm talking about your suitcases. You need to bring along suitcases and suitcases to fill them up with all the Yeshuaot and all the amazing Shefa and the great Beracha that you're going to get by the kever of the great Tzaddik that in his Zichut, Hashem is now going to bring to Klal Yisrael great Yeshuot. Bring your suitcases. Get ready to fill them up with all the Yeshuot and bring them home. And bring them home. I said, those suitcases I had prepared for months. And Baruch Hashem, we walked out with heavy suitcases, overweight. Overweight suitcases. Ah! We came back to the hotel. Plan Wright had this beautiful meal waiting for us. We sat down and we made Mamish a su'udat hoda'ah. Thank you for allowing me to make it here again. To be zocheh to another year of Yeshuot. Another year of Shmir Ma'alim and Hashamayim. In the zuchut to the great Sadiqim of Kalal Yisrael. Thank you, Boreola. What a meal they put out. We jumped back onto the buses. We went back to the airport that night. We got there that morning. We were going back that night. Got back onto the flight. The same guys. 
It was like camp. The same seats. <laughs> the same flight. On the way back. And we come back to Newark Airport at 2 in the morning. Amazing. Unbelievable. And we start coming back out. And as I'm leaving, this Yid, this special guy, walks up to me. And he says, remember what we spoke about on the flight? Remember the amazing programs I was talking to you about that I'm involved with? He's doing something very special, this guy. He started a hotline. Actually, it started somewhere else, but it didn't take off until it got into the right hands. He took over this hotline. It's a, it's a Shoel Umeshiv hotline. Listen to this brilliant thing. He's piloting, piloting, he's piloting it now in Muncie. Shalom Moshev hotline means that he has great rabbis that have vast knowledge. You can call them up and ask them questions on any Gemara, any Sugya, any Halacha, and they'll go through the Sugya with you. You have a boy in high school, he's studying for a test, he has a question, he doesn't know who to ask. He calls up, I'm holding on this sugya, on this and this and this. I have a question on the Gemara. I don't understand something. He sent me, he sent me a, a clip, a voice note of a phone call. A sweet boy. He sounded like a high school boy. Calls up the hotline. He says, I want to know, um, is a round sukkah kasher or not? When the walls are round. On the spot, the rabbi starts telling him, this goes back to a sugya in this and this daf, in this and this gemara. And the rabbis that talk about it is Rabbi Ochanan and another rabbi. And this rabbi says it's good. And this rabbi says it's not good. And this rabbi says the reason why it's good is because it has the certain area that you can fit a square in. And the other rabbi says it's not good because of the circle and the this and the sun and the shape. Unbelievable. And the boy's listening. And the boy gets the full answer. And the rabbi says, and we paskin, he tells him the psak of what we come out with. And the boy says, thank you. I, I just, I needed to go over this. What a beautiful phone call. You have access to a rebbe to ask a question. At hours of night and morning to be able to advance you in your learning. What a brilliant idea. And he wants to take this hotline and he wants to put it out worldwide. If you ever have a question on the Gemara, if you ever question on the Dafyomi, you have a question on something that you don't have somebody access to, on the spot, you can call up this hotline, the rabbi's waiting for you, picks up the call, gives you the answers, exactly what you need to know. That's great. What a brilliant idea. He wants to take this hotline once, Bezat Hashem, it's a success in Muncie, after he pilots it, he wants to send it national. He wants to send it all over the place. Brilliant. And then after that, in the memory, the great Reb Zechariah Wallerstein, who this Jew from Muncie was very close with, he wants to take that hotline that he's doing now in the Ilui Nishama of Reb Zechariah, and he wants to bring it to other areas. People that have questions in Hashkafa, they can have rabbis to answer. And even a help hotline where people have difficulties in life. What Reb Zechariah used to do as a one-man show for Klal Yisrael, he's looking to bring in a team of rabbis to be able to do for all the broken souls of the Jewish people. What, a, what an amazing Jew.
So on the way off of the plane, we were talking on the plane about the amazing ideas on the way back. And he asked me, so what are you working on? And I told him about what we're doing with all the guys in our community and the night Seder and the morning Seder and Yorucha when we do the Mishpat, Chosha Mishpat. And then I told him after that, guys, Davin, we have the Kolel, the Balabatim Kolel in the morning where we're learning now with the guys from 9 to 11.30 and we're going to push it to 1 o'clock, 15 minutes at a time and they're doing Berachot Be'eyun and they're doing Betalevi Be'eyun and they're doing Shminat Lashon, and we're doing Amud Yomi very soon. He was like, wow. And I said, wait, the, well, let me tell you about the night Seder. We're bringing all the guys in from the community and they're learning and we got a staff of 16 Rebbe's. And he says, wow, what you're doing is great. He said to me, Hashem put us together. This was not a coincidence. Rabbi Shail is the Shadchan. Hashem put us together. I'm going to do great things with you. You'll see. Those were the first words he told me when I entered the security before the flight. And these are the words that we parted with when we landed back in Newark after this amazing trip was over. And it was hard to part. Erev Shabbat. I call him to wish him Shabbat Shalom. And he says, I was thinking about you. I, wanna, I want you to come meet my Rebbe. There's a tzaddik in Muncie I want you to come meet. Could you come out Sunday? He sends me clips of this tzaddik davening. To me, I, I, it looked like the touch of a Rebbe. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I said, of course I'd love to meet him. Sunday I go out. Listen to the end of this story. Sunday I go out to Muncie to meet up with this very great Jew. Special Jew. I'd love to tell you his name, but... Ay, ay, ay. When you deal with the Tzibri, you got to be careful. So, great Jew. I go out to Muncie, and I meet up with him. And he brings me into his Rebbe. And his Rebbe, Malach Hashem Tzivakot. Malach. I'm telling you, really. A face, a lichtige face, with such a shine... And I looked at him, and my heart began to be ro'ed. I'm telling you, it's like your knees go weak when you stand in the presence of greatness. And I was smart this time. I knew I was coming to a tzaddik, because I saw the videos of the way he davened. So I decided first to preempt myself and get myself in the zone. You don't walk into the splash zone without a towel. So I first decided going to Muncie, I'm stopping first by the Ribnitzah. But to go to the Ribnitzah, my Rebbe and Eretz Yisrael told me, Rebbe Yishon Rabinovich, you don't come to the Ribnitzah without going to the Mikveh first. Because the Ribnitzah was known to say, Gornish gate under Vasa. Right? Did I say that right? Nothing goes without the water. Without the Mikveh, nothing goes. Nothing goes. So I came into the little house there by the, uh, the Ribnitzer Rebbe's Kever. There's a little house uh, that they have all the food and all the... And it says over there that a block away, they have the 24-hour mikveh that's opened. So I jumped back into the car. I made the left over there, went to the mikveh. Comes back. I went into the Ribnitzer. And I said to the Ribnitzer Rebbe, I'm asking... Be a Melitzyesha for my family. I said the names of my wife. Be a Melitzyesha for Klal Yisrael. 
We're all suffering these days. Everybody is having major challenges in so many different areas. If we've ever felt in a tangible way the ikvita, the mishiha, like now, it was now more than ever. We need Yeshuot. Please be Melitz Yosha and give us the confidence to be greater Bal Boteach, because that's where the Yeshua comes from, as I'm going to speak in the end of this class. And that's what happened. I get back into the car, and at that moment I felt, ah, the Rubnitzer Rebbe is with me. Now Hashem is going to open all the doors for me. Because at the end of the day, it's all Borei Olam. Everything else is just to get us in the right mindset to be a bigger Balboteach, but the Yeshua comes only from Him. Only from Him. So I went out and I visited this tzaddik. I come in and I see my friend from the flight, this great Jew. I'm telling you, you see him, you melt. He has such a chen of a person. I gave him such a beer hug. I'm telling you, I, I missed him. And then he says, come into the tzaddik. I walked in, I saw this tzaddik. I told you, my knees went weak. I sat down, I kissed his hand. I spoke to him for a few minutes. I got the berachot that I came for. We talked to each other. He told me about the Yisurim that he's going through. Oh, it's unbelievable. And then we were finished. I come out. And this wonderful Jew, he comes up to me and says, No, what do you think about my Rebbe? I said, you're a lucky man if Shamayim allowed you to have a Kesha with such a tzaddik, such a holy, holy Rav. Don't think that everybody gets the opportunity to be mikushar to great people. You need a zechut for that as well. Not everyone has that zechut. I said, if Shamayim gave you that zechut, you're lucky. You're lucky. And he says, you're right, I feel the same way. Then he turns to me and he says to me, so, I told you, I'm told you I'm going to help you. Tell me, tell me what do you need for your Torah center? What do you need to continue doing the work that you do with the guys? I said to him, I'm not. You know, the thing about Ben Shushan's, you know, we know how to raise, I mean, we, we don't know nothing, but we have siyata deshmaya in raising people, but not. We're not raising money. We're not fundraisers. We're not. We're not. I'll tell you straight out. It's not our power. It's not our koach. I said, I'm telling you, whatever you give me, I'm happy. Now, if there's any fundraisers out there listening to this, they'll laugh their heads off. Are you crazy? You went with the guy to uh, Budapest. You came back. Are you crazy? No, my friends, this guy is a gem. His friendship meant more to me than whatever he's going to give. He turns to me and he says, so what type of budget do you run for a month? I said, the Torah Center, the past year was about 50000 a month. We're looking to bring a kolel in this year. We're looking to bring a whole new staff of more rebbies because we're busting. And we don't have room. So we need to extend the building to have more room to put the learning. I mean, think about it. Do you know that in this room alone, we have over 20 guys in the morning on the, on the Balabatim Kolel? We don't fit. We don't fit. We got to extend the room just for the Balabatim Kolel, let alone the night seder, the Yerucha program, and everything else that we're doing. And what about the teenagers? And what about the... Forget it. We need, we need to do more this year. 
Right now it's about 50,000 a month. It might be double in a few months. He says, okay. He takes out a checkbook and he writes me a wonderful check. I said, thank you. I gave him such a hug. I get back into the car. I go out to Satmar because I knew I'm not making back to Brooklyn without praying Mincha, Minyan. So I jump into Satmar. I daven over there. I walk out of Satmar. I'm about to call my wife to tell her I'm on my way back to Brooklyn. I'm telling you, suddenly I get this hunger, such a hunger. It was like not normal. I was like, I was able to eat the bumper off of the back of the car. I'm talking about a hunger. I said, what that? What's going on? I said, okay. I'll call it from the restaurant. I jump into the car. I put into the ways kosher. Because you know, I, I don't know Muncie that well. It gives me 20 different places. Little chaser restaurants in a, good, in a good Jewish neighborhood. You know? And I'm looking down the list and it catches my eye. Kosher Castle. Now I remember years ago. When I used to teach in high school, we used to take them up on upstate trips and we always stopped in Muncie at Kosher Castle because for high school boys, it's the perfect place. It's like, you know, the old Kosher Delight, you know, Ali Shalom, you know what I'm saying? It was like the old thing. It was like, it's an easy, you go in, you get a hot dog, you get a burger, it's quick, it's in, it's out. For guys, it's perfect. And, and the truth is I needed something quick because I'm going back to Brooklyn and I like driving when it's still light. So I said, okay, I remember. Kosher Castle. But then I take a look at the mileage. It's on the other side of Muncie. I'm saying, oh my gosh. Okay, fine. It's worth it. I put it in. I'm driving through, through the other side of Muncie. And as I'm driving over to Kosher Castle, I'm passing, I don't know how many restaurants. Muncie Barbecue and Grill. Muncie this. Kosher that. Uh, one guy, I forgot his name, uh, Mindy's uh, something or other, and, and the next one, and then the old place, uh, Purple Pier, it's not that place anymore, it's a new name, you know, whatever it is, but I'm, 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 and I'm saying, hey, why don't I just stop here and just go into this place and get food? I'm starving. But Libby Amarli, go to Kosher Castle. I, I don't, I'm telling you, I don't know why. I go to the other side of town, I come into Kosher Castle, as I'm walking into Kosher Castle, I walk into the place. Who's standing right there online? My buddy from Muncie. The guy that just gave me the check that I just left. The guy that told me we're going to do great things together. I walk in. Ah, what are you doing here? I, I just left you 20 minutes ago on the other side of town. He looks at me and his jaw drops. He says, what are you doing here? I said, I, I, I was starving. I couldn't leave before I, what's it called? And something told me, come to Kosher Castle. He says to me, this is crazy. He says, Hashem has a sense of humor. He keeps putting the two of us back together again and again and again. Siman, that I'm supposed to give you another check. He pulls out his checkbook and he gives me a second check, like the first check. And I'm like, this is not normal. It's unbelievable. And he says, don't worry, I'll help you weiter. I said to him, what are you doing here in Kosher Castle? He says, I'll tell you the truth, it's the craziest thing. He says, right when I finished with you, I spoke to my wife and we started talking about supper. And she told me, he says, you know, 
Kosher Castle has this great Chinese dish. He told me whatever it was, a grilled whatever, you know, whatever. She says, I think I'm in the mood for that. He says, you want Kosher Castle? She says, yeah, go get me Kosher Castle. She sent him to the other side of Muncie. We both come into Kosher Castle on the other side of Muncie. I walk in, he's standing, he looks at me, I look at him. Look at this. You take a Jew from Flatbush, you take a Jew from Muncie, you bring him together on a chartered flight. Mind you, one guy's Svaradi, the other guy Hasidi, with the whole beautiful Tzibur of Muncie. You bring him together on a flight that they meet each other for the first time. They talk about what? Their aspirations? to want to do for Klal Yisrael. Could you already see Reb Shaya smile? Wasn't that the legacy of the great Reb Shaya ben Reb Maisha? Wasn't that the legacy of the great Reb Shaya ben Devaira, like my Rebbe used always says? Reb Shaya says, if you're coming to me, you're going to take home a piece of me. You're going to come back and be Bale Chasadim. You're going to come back and do great things for Klal Yisrael. And I'm going to be Meshadech Shiduchim. Not only when it comes to the Yeshuaot. I'm going to be able to bring you a Yeshua for Klal Yisrael. An Achdut. You had to see the Kever. Walks of life of every type of Jew that you can imagine. were all together yelling and davening and screaming the Tehillim, the Yud Gimel Midot of Rahamim, it was a sight of Achdut that was low human. You got off the plane, 600 guys you met that you've never met them or known them in your life. Not just from a different side of town, they come from a different world. And yet, in a moment, we came together, mamash, like family. I, I'm telling you, we landed and got off the plane. Everyone was looking at each other, hugging each other, giving each other a, 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 a goodbye, telling each other, we'll bump into each other in smachot. We should see in each other's yeshuot. This was something very special to me. To live for Klaliso, to care for Klaliso, to know that there are people out there that are looking to do great things for Klal Yisrael. That's the vibe that you bring home from such a tzaddik. But I want to make it clear. Like in the Haggadah of Pesach, how do you tell a story without mentioning the main character? How do you tell Magid, the story of the great Yitziat Mitzrayim, the great Reb Chaim Brisker? It's a Din Sipur. The Rambam Hayadua. That you have to be Matchil Bignai, Umisayem Bishvach, because that's a heftza of a story. If you're a storyteller, you understand how to dramatize the difficult. You understand how to pause before the great moments of ending and the Yeshuot and the indelible impression and message that you want someone to take from that story. Can you tell such a story without mentioning the main character? And yet we go through the entire Sipur Yisiyat Mitzrayim on the night of the Mitzvah de Oraita and we don't mention Moshe Rabbeinu says the Gaon, Rabotai, open your hearts, says the Gaon. We do mention Moshe Rabbeinu. In Rabbi Yossi Aglili, 
the Pasuk. The one time Moshe is mentioned in Haggadah, in a Pasuk, not in the Sipur, in the Pasuk. Shenemar, Vayaminu Bashem, Ub Moshe Abdo. Says the Gaon, that's the point. The point is that Bore Olam wants to clarify all the Yeshuot and Od Milvado. But lucky for us, we had a Moshe Rabbeinu that was able to be Machazikas, that was able to be Mezakeas as the Eved Hashem to raise us up to be great Ba'aleh Bitachon to rely on the Yeshuot from Kuch Abrichu. Don't forget this. When we go to the Tzadikim, the Gaon tells us that there are times in life that a person is in such a matziv that it's so difficult to really pick yourself up out of the tough moment to really truly believe and really rely that Hashem can actually save me from the problem I'm going through. This guy hits such a big test, such a problem that he doesn't see any way out. There's no way out of this. At that minute, this guy needs a boost. Says the Gaon, that's the pshat in the amazing tefillah that we say in Amidah three times a day. Baruch Hashem, Mish'an u'mivtach latzadikim. Mish'an. Hashem gives a person in that difficult, dark moment a Mish'an. Mish'an means something to lean on. Something that will support you in a very difficult and dark moment. Mish'an u'mivtach. He gives you a support in the tough moment. Kedei to be boteach. And sometimes that comes through tzadikim. Mish'an u'mivtach la tzadikim. In a tough moment, he puts this inspiration. Go to Reb Go to the tzaddik. Go to the Rajbi on Lagba Omer. Go to a great tzaddik. We used to have Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Zechit tzaddik lebracha. We all, we all of us, on all the tzarot, we came running to Bnei Brak, to 23 Rajbam. We stood on those steps, sometimes for hours, just to get in for what? 30 seconds. To have the tzaddik look at you and say, Buha. For what? Because at that minute I felt that I just got the Mish'an. Oh, I got a bracha from Reb Chaim. Now I am convinced Hashem is going to save me. I went to Reb Shaila, his zichut for me and the tzaddikim of Klal Yisrael, that their po'el Yeshua'ot is that he can pick me up and do with me the chesed that he did in his lifetime to make me a bigger balboteach that now in the zechut of this tzaddik, Hashem is def Hashem is definitely going to save me. I get a bracha from a tzaddik, it's a mish'an, today to be boteach. I go to Kivret Sadikim, it raises me up with such Kedushah and such Zichuyot of the great Sadikim that in your merit, Reb Shaila, now I'm convinced Borei Olam is going to send you short, and it works every time. How many you short? How many people? You know, last year I was by the Kever and there was a group of 10 guys that walked up to me in the middle of the night last year when I was by Reb Shaila, when we were defying the police, when we weren't supposed to be there. It was after the curfew. Ten 
guys walked up to me and said, Rabbi, we need to tell you our story. These 10 guys were all over the age of 30. He says, really, we're a group of over 20. And they told me the place they came from. I don't want to say. But we're a group of over 20 guys. Only 10 were able to come this year due to COVID. He says, we all came last year to Reb Shiloh, all 10 of us. And we cried and we daven for Shidduch. He says, every single one of us got married this past year. And he says, the other guys are still waiting. We came back this year in COVID to say thank you. We got to tell you our story. What's the pshat? The pshat is that such great tzaddikim are able to have such zechut in shamayim, such unlimited zechut in shamayim that I can piggyback and be raised up and lean on the zechut of this tzaddik that I can be a bigger balboteach that in his zechut, Hashem definitely is going to save me from the impossible. Definitely pull me out from this difficult moment. Definitely save me from something that seems unsavable. But in the zechut of this tzaddik, Oh, I can be, now I can be Boteach. Now I can be Boteach. And that brings you short. That higher bitachon, thanks to the tzaddik, whether it be the bracha, the berachav tzaddikim in the living, or lishtateach al kivroshel tzaddikim. But this is the secret. This was the secret. Vayaminu bashem. You know why? Because they had a mishan. Moshe Avdo, they had a Moshe Rabbeinu that raised them up and made them bigger balboteach, bigger baale emunah. So now the emunah bitachon was able to reach greater heights and greater yeshuot al yedei that emunah bitachon. And this is the final nekuda I want to end off with. The final nekuda I want you to hear is something magnificent. Although if you would ask anybody, who was the first one to jump in when it came to Kriyat Yamsuf? The answer always is Nachshon ben Aminadav. But if you take a look at the Gemara over there in Sotah Lamidvav, the Gemara has another tzad. The Gemara says not only Nachshon, but according to the second tzad of the Gemara, it was Shevet bin Yamin. And they quote a pasuk in Tehillim. And the pasuk over there says, Bin Yamin Sa'ir. I forgot exactly the wording. Binyamin Sa'ir Mashu Rodem. Al-Tikri Rodem Ela Red Yam. Says this Sada the Gemara that Shevet Binyamin were the ones that jumped in first to the Yamsuf, to create Yamsuf according to this Tzad. Says the Gemara, all the tribes were fighting between themselves. Each one was screaming, I want to go in first. I want to jump in first. And while they were fighting over who's going to jump in first, Binyamin, Shevet Binyamin, jumped. Binyamin, Sa'ir, Rodem, Red, Yam, they jumped in first. Amazing. Ask for Moshe Rosenblum. Sorry, ask for Baruch Rosenblum from Bnei Brak, Shalita, Arichut Yami Bishanim. He brings you the famous Sefer, Kesef Mezukak. Who asks the Kasha, what do you mean all the Shvatim were fighting that they wanted to jump in first? What's there to fight? The Yamsuf 
is huge. I mean, you don't have this narrow entry canal to come into the Yamsuf. You don't have to walk through a door to jump into the sea. The ocean surfside is huge. So anyone that wanted to jump in first, what's the fight? Jump! What are they fighting over? Anyone who wants to jump can jump. There's room for everybody. Answers the Kesef Mizukak is brought by Rabbaruch Rosenblum, Shalita. He says, there's something here that's missing. You know what it means that they were fighting between each other to jump in first? They knew that the Atzmot Yosef was going to be the Zichut, to be destined to split the sea. And all the Tzvatim were fighting over Atzmot Yosef. Give me the Atzmot Yosef. I want to jump in with it first. No, give it to me. And they were fighting each one over the Atzmot Yosef. I want to jump in first. Give me that smot. And while all the tribes were fighting over that smot, Yosef comes Shevet Binyamin and says, while you guys fight over the Atzmot Yosef thinking that that's what's going to split the sea, we're going to jump in with Boreola. Binyamin Sa'ir Rodem, Al-Tikri Rodem el When I have Hashem, I don't need anybody or anything. So what's the pshat? The pshat is that the manig was there, Moshe Avdo. He was supposed to pick you up and be miromem. He was supposed to be mechazik you. And in his zechut, you were meant to be a bigger vayaminu, a bigger balamuna, a bigger balbitachon. In the zechut of the tzaddik's biracha, now Hashem's going to help me. Now I'm boteach 100%. Mish'an k'day to be boteach. Mish'an u'mivtach al yedei tzadikim. That's the way the Gaon explains the berachan amidah. Some people go to the manhig, Moshe Avdo. Some people go to Atzmot Yosef, to the kever of the great tzadik. But they need to remember that it's been to miromem. It's supposed to pick you up and give you the zuchut that you could bank on, that now Hashem is definitely going to save me in the zechut of the great Reb Shaya ben Ramesha, in the zechut of the great Reb Shaya ben Devaira. He was the great Bal Chesed. His zechuyot were unlimited. He's going to be po'el yeshuot, that in his zechut, now I believe, I'm boteach bigger, that now definitely Hashem is going to save me. And that is the amazing yeshuot that we see by Kivret Tzadikim, it's the Mish'an for Klal Yisri to be Boteach, by the great Tzadikim and the Berachot, and at the end we realize that we have so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. How many Yishuot Hashem did for us this year? How many things He saved us from this year? We're living in very unpredictable times. The whole world is upside down, and somehow or other, Klal Yisrael is still on top. And somehow or other, we dodged so many bullets this year over the whole world. Whether it been in Israel, whether it be in Ukraine, whether it be in the United States, no matter where you look today, Klal Yisrael dodged bullets this year. Rachameh Shamayim, behind the scenes, off the charts. Says Borei Alam, Klal Yisrael, open your eyes.
Open your eyes. I've sent you so much Mish'an. I've sent you Tzadikim. I've sent you so many opportunities. Go out and do for Klal Yisrael. Go out and do for the last moments. For the more we band together and we lean on the great zikhuyot of our tzaddikim and the berachot, building our emunam bitachon, we can be zochen not just to Yeshuaot, but to the great Yeshua bekarov. Amen. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.